Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 971 FM Talk Podcast. Yeah, hour two. Does that mean anything to you? Probably not, unless you're podcasting. Welcome back to Wiggins America. If you've been listening this morning or if you are listening on the podcast, 971talk.com. If you want to hear that first hour and you missed it, or if you're just in your car, good morning. Just after 7 o'clock Saturday. Hope you have a great Saturday lined up. We have a great hour lined up. At the end of this hour, I do want to tease this a bit. I want to uh, do a new segment that I'm calling The Last Man on Earth or The Last Person on Earth. Because a lot of times, well, it's about a movie, right? So it's a, it's a movie suggestion. It's a post-apocalyptic movie suggestion that I, I don't know why I freak out about post-apocalyptic stuff, especially when it's the last man on earth. Like, it's boiled down to either just one person walking around an empty city. I love that crap. So I'm going to bring those to you on the regular here as movie suggestions. And you can... Take them for what they're worth. If they sound like a good movie, check it out. They're going to be from all eras. They're not just going to be modern ones. There will be some modern ones because the zombie uh, genre got into a lot of that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of modern ones on there, and I Am Legend and stuff like that. But there's a bunch that maybe you've never heard of either. And so if you like that genre, you'll want to stick around. If you hate that genre, then go away. Because I love that genre, and we're going to talk about it here in this hour. But first, I thought this was such a big, big thing that really wasn't getting much attention at all. And I did talk about it on Wiggins America segment on the Annie Fry show this week, but we ran out of time before I really got to dig in, and we just kind of hit the highlights. So let's dig in. We've got a big, big Supreme Court session coming up between now and the end of this year with some high-stakes cases and uh, there's there's roughly, I'd say, four or five of them that I think are really worth talking about because there's always a lot that impact things that don't really do much to the future of the nation or to our daily lives. There are some that are a big deal, though. You've probably heard that Roe versus Wade is going to be decided. <clears throat> Excuse me for clearing my throat there, but I don't think that's going to be the case. This is all centered around a case called Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organizations. It's a Mississippi law that bans abortions after about 15 weeks of pregnancy. So technically, according to Vox, it says that the justices say they took up this case to answer a slightly narrower question than whether the constitutional right to an abortion should be eliminated in its entirety. That's what you see reported is that Roe versus Wade is on the line. I guess technically it is, but it doesn't seem as if the judges took this case to rule on Roe versus Wade entirely. 
That's what Mississippi's trying to do, though. So this concerns me a little bit simply because, as I said on the Annie Fry show this week, it looks like Mississippi is swinging for the fences here. And you know what happens to big home run hitters? They strike out a lot. So when they hit one, it goes a mile and everybody watches it and oohs and ahs and fireworks go off. But most of the time they don't. And so that's what worries me about what Mississippi is doing here is that instead of chipping away at the law and doing a ban on abortions after 15 weeks, which would be moving in the right direction if you are pro-life, if you are against any form of murder in the womb, you want to move in that direction. But I, I'm nervous that what's going to happen here is that Mississippi's defense is going to be centered entirely on Roe versus Wade at large. And so what we're going to see is that they may actually lose this case because they didn't put up a good defense. I don't know, but I'm concerned about that. That's the one that's getting all the headlines. But there are other cases that deserve just as much attention. Uh, the second one that I've got on my list here is called New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. So this is a law, or this is a case that will take on America's gun laws in what probably will be a very, very positive way in terms of moving toward more gun freedoms. Now, a lot of people wince when you say that, and I have not been a person in the past who was really, I'm not into the gun culture. I'll just say it that way. I have very, very close friends. In fact, most of my circle of friends, both close and kind of extended, are into the gun culture. I'm just not. I have never have been. Um, I, I like the idea and I like having a personal firearm, but I don't go to gun ranges. I don't do the stuff. I don't wear the shirts and all that stuff. I support the Second Amendment entirely because of what we're seeing in Australia. And before that, that's that's still the reason. It's just Australia is a real-world example now that we're seeing that the, their people's rights are being absolutely trampled on a daily basis. And part of it is because they gave up all of their firearms a few years ago. And everybody said, oh, look, they gave up their firearms. Here's their crime statistics. Well, guess what happened within 10 years of that happening? They are being trampled by their own government. So that, to me is the purpose of having a well-armed people is that your government fears your people. That's a good, good thing. If you like freedom, if you don't, if you like big government, you like socialism, you want to get rid of guns because you want the government to control everything. And that is what's at stake here in the second case that I'm talking about. Um, Anthony Kennedy, who is now passed away, of course, he was very moderate on this. It seems as if Justice Kavanaugh and Justices, or Justice Coney Barrett are not at all moderate on this. It seems that they view the Second Amendment very broadly, as in it covers lots and lots of gun rights, and that some of these state laws are infringing on those gun rights. We will see in the coming months how that case turns out, but it could be a big win for gun rights. And pushing back on some of the states like New York, which is where that case comes from. Uh, just to sum that up, it's, Vox says, so while it's entirely not clear just how much the court will expand the Second Amendment, it is very likely it will hand down a new rule that could endanger wide swaths of state and federal laws regulating firearms. So even Vox, left-leaning, is acknowledging that it, it, it's not necessarily sure what will be determined, but whatever it is will probably expand gun laws. Number three, this one 
on its face looks like nothing. It looks like one of those cases that goes through, you never hear another thing about it, but it's called the American Hospital Association versus Becerra. Nothing really that important in this case regarding the hospital or, or medical rules or anything like that. But when you bring it down to what's actually being decided in this case, it's huge. And I mean for lots and lots and lots of things. Vox says, when Congress gives federal agencies the power to set policy, how much leeway do those agencies enjoy? Great question, Vox, because that's what's on the line in this case. It's very, very consequential that bears on situations as diverse as whether groups like the EPA can fight climate change or whether the Department of Labor can encourage its workers to get vaccinated against COVID-19. All of those alphabet soup agencies that are not elected. So here's what's happened. Ben Sass from uh, Nebraska actually brings this up. Sometimes I love that guy. Sometimes he drives me nuts. He's right on the money on this. He brings this up a lot. That what Congress has done, and he's in Congress, so he harps on this a lot. What Congress has done is that they have taken away a lot of their own powers for ease of use. So instead of making laws or, or uh, debating things about maybe like the farm industry, they will just hand them over to the Farm Bureau or whatever, you know, whatever three-letter agency regulates the farms of America. So they've created all these agencies across the whole country. And so these agencies have, have pretty much unlimited leeway to make regulations and essentially laws on their areas of expertise. What's amazing is that those organizations are getting so far outside of their own areas of expertise that it's becoming a constitutional problem. It was in the beginning, as Ben Sass points out. It never should have happened that way because now we have no say in in what these laws are. So we're supposed to elect leaders that go to Congress to represent us, and then they vote on these things, and we vote them in or out based on how they vote on those things, and we like them. But now the Congress has no record on a lot of this stuff, and it just happens without anybody knowing about it because the alphabet soup agencies make rules and regulations on everything, and there's no accountability to the people. That's what's at stake here. And let me bring this up. Because we've gotten so far outside of what these organizations should even be doing, let alone the fact that they shouldn't be doing what they're doing anyway, but they're outside of even that. Here's a news story from this week from NPR. After 25 years in the dark, the CDC wants to study the true toll of guns in America. Did you catch that? Let me, let me read that real quick again, the headline here. The CDC wants to study the true toll of guns in America. <clears throat> what is the CDC doing studying guns? The Center for Disease Control is what that stands for. They want to study guns. Guess why? For the express purpose of adding regulations to them. How in the world can the CDC add regulations to guns? Well, in the same way that they just added regulations to basically everything in the United States, including private businesses, private contracts, eviction moratoriums, they did anything they wanted. That's what's at stake in this case, American Hospital Association versus Becerra. Big, 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 big case. So let me bring up one more. The court is likely to carve out a new hole, I'm reading directly from Vox here, into the wall between church and state. 
as in, in the past, many, many different uh, organizations, schools, were exempt from federal funding, I should say blocked from federal funding, because they were religious in nature. So we have a, a case from Maine that's coming to the court right now, Carson versus Macon. It's out of Maine. It involves schools, and Maine has traditionally blocked religious schools from receiving federal funds. Well, the Supreme Court's already ruled on this. This one's just slightly different. So the anticipation is that it absolutely is going to fall, and that Maine, like every other state now, will have to use federal funding or even state funding to not discriminate against schools just because they are religious in nature. That may impact not just Maine, and, and this, is, this is a carve-out, right? So this was already decided a couple years ago. That's already the case. But a few states, Maine, Illinois, and Washington, Illinois, did you hear me? That was one of them, uh, have different rules where they're able to get around that a little bit. This would end that. And so that's a very, very good thing. And it's really paving the way for school choice. And that is very, very exciting for everybody, especially the kids and especially the future of the country. If we can actually make schools have some accountability to the people who attend them, because right now we have none of that big Supreme Court cases coming up before the end of the year. I love pointing out good news. When I opened that, I didn't know that it was going to be good news. But for the most part, what Vox is admitting in a lot of those cases, and there's a few others in there, too, but those are the big, big ones. What they're admitting is that we're about to see a lot of positive movement for um, big picture social stuff within the conservative side. So things that we talk about a lot here on this show, the station, uh, we're about to see some wins. I do anticipate that. So let's celebrate the good news when we have it. More on Wiggins America coming up. Well, we just talked about the Supreme Court and what looks like could be a good session, which is really impressive to say that we've got good news to report when we're talking about all of this spending that's happening that is going to be so bad, and it's not just politically bad. I mean, this is stuff that's going to really affect your life. You know, for the next year, do you think prices and stuff are going to go down? Well, they're going to send me checks in the mail. Well, some people, but your money's just not going to go as far. They keep printing more money, and the money you make just doesn't do it. I mean, that's I'm just stating what inflation is. It's not, <laughs> not, not getting very deep here, but but that's where we are. I mean, this is basic economics. And the people that we're apparently electing, assuming the elections were legit across the whole country, they don't care. They they don't care. They either don't care or they don't understand basic economics. And it could be both. Anyway, I'm Ryan Wiggins. This is Wiggins America. It is Saturday morning. Thanks for being here. And again, if uh, you missed any of the show, we talked about the Supreme Court a minute ago, as I was just stating, and if you want to hear some good news, that is good news in the midst of having zero control over Washington. We don't have the Senate, don't have the House, don't have the White House, and yet it could actually be a good rest of the year outside of those houses at the Supreme Court. Uh, You can get that at Odyssey. I I should say you should get the Odyssey app. You could rewind on there, but you can also get the podcast and everything at 971talk.com at any time. But let's transition, shall we? American Media Export. Wiggins, America. Oh, yeah, let's talk about COVID. COVID's fun to talk about. (laughs) You haven't heard much about that, right? The deluge of information constantly. Well, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm just going to bring something up that I found very, very interesting. Now, when we talk about uh, athletes... 
You know, I don't know if it's because we had the 80s stereotype of the, the dumb jock in high school and all that stuff, but athletes are, uh, very, you know, for the most part, they're going to say the same thing over and over. You've seen it. We've been watching the Cardinals lately. At the end of the game, if they're really excited and the guys who come out and say something outside of the script, those are the fun ones, right? But most of them, they say the exact same thing. Well, you know, it wasn't just me. I hit the home run, but it's it's any given person, any given night. That's what I love about this team. Or, you know, we always go out there. We give 110%. You know, we got to you know, pick up uh, Goldie when he has a bad night. Or what They say the same things over and over and over. So when they don't, it's actually kind of entertaining. And the reason for that, and a little behind the scenes, maybe you knew this, they send these guys to media school now. And they've been doing this for probably 10, 15 years. So when somebody in the minor leagues, specific to baseball, I think this is, applies to other sports too, as we'll get to here, when they think they're going to be a major league player, they will send them to media training school. And that's actually one of the reasons that a player knows he's about to make it is because, like, oh, I get to go to media training school. That means they think I'm going to make it. So but they, they go to this thing that probably lasts a week or two. And as far as I knew, it was always about interviews. Now it's probably more about social media than it is interviews. But that's why all the interviews from all the players across any league all sound the exact same because they're trained to say the exact same thing so they don't get in trouble. That's the whole purpose of it. It's the league training them to not get in trouble. And now that applies, I'm sure, to social media, like Carlos Martinez stuff. I don't think he listened to much media training. Lance Berkman was always great. He didn't listen to media training. He said whatever he wanted. And some of these guys, you know, the older they get, they realize, I don't have to do that. You know, Wainwright, he's a great interview. He's fun to listen to. So anyway, my point in saying all that is that with everything being political all the time, a lot of these guys are starting to speak out in ways, and journalists are, you know, at least sports journalists are good at trying to break them out of that media training because they don't want the same answer over and over. It's boring. You don't want to hear the same answer, neither do they. So they try to break out and they try to ask questions. Well, now everything's political, right? We don't want everything to be political. I don't want sports to be political. But when government gets as big as it has and it inserts itself into everything, you can't avoid it. So here we've got Draymond Green from the Golden State Warriors. And I got a couple of these, so so stick around here. These are very, very interesting. He is not talking about himself in this clip, but he's talking about my namesake, Wiggins, from the Golden State Warriors. Um, he chose not to be vaccinated. Well, in San Francisco, that's a big no-no. It's a big no-no in a lot of places, but especially about as far left as you can get in San Francisco, they're not having that. So he now can't play home games. Wiggins can't. Andrew Wiggins, not this Wiggins. And he's not going to get paid for those games, but he can play on the road. That's the ridiculous world we live in. Here's Draymond Green. He's a teammate of Andrew Wiggins from the Golden State Warriors talking about it. You know, we're dealing with something that, <clears throat> to me, feels like has turned into a political war. Um, when, when you're talking about a vaccination and non-vaccinated, uh, I think it's become very political. And, you know, for someone who's not extremely into politics, uh, when, when you make something so political and people, not everyone is into politics, then you can also turn those people off. You know, and, you know, I think there is 
something to be said for people's concern about something that's being pressed so hard. Like, why are you pressing this so hard? Like, so much, you're just pressing and pressing and pressing. I think you have to honor people's feelings and and their own personal beliefs. And I think that's been lost um, when it comes to vaccinated and non-vaccinated. And it kind of sucks that that's been lost um, because you're essentially not giving anyone uh, we, you know, you say we live in a land of the free. Well, you're not giving anyone freedom because you're making people do something essentially uh, without necessarily making them. You're making them do something. And that goes against everything that America stands for or supposedly stands for. And so I don't think, no, I know I'm not in any position to go tell him what he should or should not be doing. Um, and I, as a leader of this team, I'm not going to go to him and say, Hey man, we really need no the hell you do what you feel you want to do that. That has nothing. I'm not going to go and ask him, did he get a polio vaccine? Uh, so why would I go ask him if he got a COVID vaccine? That's great stuff. Now, obviously he's not talking about himself there. He's talking about his teammate, but he's handling that correctly. Think about this. Just a side point. If this was a real zombie apocalypse like you've seen in the movies where a virus is so so contagious and so detrimental to a person and i'm not even saying it has to look like the movies but it's so bad that if you contract it man you're done or you're going to get paralyzed it's going to have effects like you wouldn't believe you don't need to convince the population to get a vaccine against something like that so there's a lot of people who are hesitant just because of the over-convincing that the media and the politicians are trying to do to get the vaccine. They don't even have a problem with the vaccine. They're just skeptical of these people. Because if they were watching this stuff happen in real time, because everybody's viewing this through the lens of their own experience, right? So if you have had COVID and it wasn't very extreme, you're going, why am I going to get a vaccine? I've been told many times by doctors that I'm not going to get it worse the second time if I get it at all, because natural immunity is a big thing. Or if you're watching your family say, oh, I, I didn't really get it. Everybody's viewing this through the lens of their own experience. If you were really watching the zombie apocalypse happen and you go, I don't want that, you wouldn't have to convince anybody of getting the vaccine. I digress. When everything is political and the government has inserted itself into everything possible, then we have to start (laughs) listening to political discussions way outside of where they belong. Wouldn't it be nice to go back to the 90s or even the 2000s or the 80s where not everybody thought about politics all the time? It's because we believed in freedom and we had a limited government that tried to keep its hands off of things. And when the government tries to keep its hands off of things, you don't have to think about the government all the time. That's not where we are anymore. Jonathan Isaac is a player for the Orlando Magic. And I'm saying this because I'm just reading it off the sheet because I don't follow the NBA at all. We don't have a team here. I have no vested interest. But man, this dude is on it. I want to play the whole clip of what he said in a post-game interview. Now, Draymond Green from the Golden State Warriors, he was talking about his teammate, Jonathan Isaac from the Magic, he's talking about himself. Uh, I, I would start with, um, I've, I've had COVID. Um, 
in the past. And so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it. But with me having COVID in the past and having antibodies um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh, having a severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Um, I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or without having the vaccine. Um, I would say, honestly, the, the, the craziness of it all in terms of not being able to say that it should be everybody's fair choice without being demeaned or um, talked crazy to doesn't uh, make one comfortable to do what said person is uh, telling them to do. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's, that's a couple of the reasons that, um, you know, I would say I, I'm hesitant at this time, but at the end of the day, uh, I don't feel that it is, um, you know, anyone's reason to come out and say, well, this is why, or this is not why it should just be their decision. And, um, you know, loving your neighbors, not just loving those that, that agree with you or look like you or uh, move in the same way that you do. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, loving those who don't. Here's what I respect about him, Jonathan Isaac from The Magic and uh, Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> namesake from the Golden State Warriors. These guys are putting it on the line. You know, they, they're going to lose something for their beliefs. These guys make good money and they will not be paid for any game that they miss. That's the news of this week. So they're being forced to from above, and you could say it's for the government or it's their teams. It's 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 a mixture of both at this point. It's it's big business complying with government because that's what big business does. They just try to they, the the path of least resistance most often. And so when the government says something, whether it's federal government or in the case of the Golden State Warriors, your local government, California, San Francisco specifically, they're just going to go with it. And in a, lot, a lot of times, even if they don't necessarily agree with it, they're just going to act like they do because they want to maintain good standing with the people in power. Because if they go against the people in power, that ends up costing them money, right? But then you have people at the bottom of that chain, which is weird to say about an NBA player because they're they're you know not really at the bottom of any chain. They're at the top of most of them, including income. But they, they're willing. These are people who they're employees. And they have contracts. They're willing to sacrifice their own money for what they believe. That says a lot. And I'll conclude this segment by saying this. When somebody is willing to sacrifice something for their beliefs, everybody notices. It doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you're on. If it's somebody sacrificing something for their beliefs on the left, I notice. If it's somebody sacrificing for their beliefs on the right, the left notices. Everybody takes notice because they know that it means something. And I'm not saying the vaccine is left or right. It really isn't. <clears throat> That's kind of a different topic to talk about at some point, how it doesn't really follow political lines. They try to make it to where it's like the, the righties, the red state, the rural red state people who are like down with the vaccine. Well, that's because a lot of us talk about government mandates. That's what we're against. 
we're against the government intrusion into our lives. And so we're the loudest and most outspoken about that aspect of it. But you have a lot of people from across the political spectrum. You know, is Draymond Green from the Warriors or Jonathan Isaac from the Magic? Are these guys hardcore Republicans? I, I, maybe they are, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't know anything about their political beliefs, except that now they're forced to talk about it. They're forced to take a stand. And I think that that's where a lot of us are. It's where America is. It's where people across the world are. I've criticized Australian police in Melbourne. You know, you don't have to do what your bosses are telling you to do. But it costs you something. And it's, it's, it's a tough spot to be in. If you're a health inspector in the United States and it's July of 2020 and they're telling you you have to shut down your neighborhood businesses, what are you going to do? Are you going to do what your boss tells you to do? Even though your convictions are telling you the opposite, it's a tough spot. I'm not saying it's not tough. I'm saying that if you choose to stand up for something, it's going to cost you. And more and more as we go, that's going to be the case for more and more of us. This is Wiggins America. Stick around. Yep, Wiggins America, thanks for being here this morning. We're almost done. And before we get to the end of the show... I do have this uh, ridiculous thing that I, <laughs> I want to bring to you in just a minute. But before I bring that to you, I've teased it throughout the show. So if you're just tuning in and you're like, what is he talking about? Well, stick around for a second. We'll get to it. But I got a question for you. What would you do to get rid of mosquitoes? How far would you go? Because I'm, I'm reading from a story here that says that they're now genetically modifying mosquitoes to reduce their numbers. I don't know what that means. Like, are they making them less attractive to each other <laughs> you know, the male female are the male mosquito and the female mosquito they don't look at each other you know they're, t- they're taking the lipstick off they're, they're showing who their true selves and therefore they don't want to mate as much i don't know but apparently they are genetically modifying mosquitoes just to reduce the number of mosquitoes now i will admit that i don't get bit by mosquitoes anyway i think i'm among the like four percent of the population that doesn't get mosquito bites. No idea why that happens. So I'm a little biased in that I don't really have any skin in the game, so to speak. Hey, there's a pun that happened. But uh, I am always a little nervous when it says we're genetically modifying anything because usually, at least according to the movies, it doesn't go well. What say you? And speaking of movies, what if you were the last person on Earth? The last... Where is everybody? The last. The last. It's not the end of the world. There's all the time I need and all the time I want. The last person on Earth. I miss the noise, you know? I thought I was going to be alone again. There's time now. Okay, I'll admit this is kind of weird. We're going to try this. I want it to be a regular segment. You can let me know what you think at Radio Wiggins on Twitter. I think my name on Facebook is Ryan Wiggins or Sherbert Wiggins or something like that because I used to draw a comic strip called Sherbert. You can find me on there somehow and follow me on Facebook. I post more on Twitter, especially about politics, so I recommend that if you want to follow me, that's the place to do it. This is uh, something of a hobby for me. I love post-apocalyptic movies and TV shows and stuff like that. But I like a very narrow range of them because when you watch enough of them, they become pretty similar. But there's a, a subset of post-apocalyptic stuff that I refer to as last man on earth stuff. 
So the question, of course, is then, well, what makes a last man on earth movie or TV show or whatever? Well, I've got criteria. This is how specific I get. It's a deep, deep dive hobby for me. And hopefully it, you can get something from it. Um, it has to meet one of three criteria. Okay, so the first one being you have to actually be the last man or person on earth. Or you can be a group of people, but you can't have so many characters that you don't know the names of half of them. You have to be a pretty small group. Uh, and you can be the last people on an earth-like planet, for instance, too. It doesn't have to be Earth. That's criteria A. Criteria B, you have to be the only remaining member of the human race. So even if you're not on Earth, let's say Earth was destroyed by a meteor and you're among a spaceship crew of five people who escaped and you're the last people of the human race, that would count. That's criteria B, only capable member of the human race. And criteria C, the last one, is the empty city, which is very different from the first two. It's that you're walking around some sort of environment, usually a metropolis is the best ones, or any kind of city that should have people, but there are none. So you're walking around in an environment that should be populated, and it's completely empty and eerie for mysterious circumstances. So any movie that hits any one of those goes on my list. And I've been doing this for like... Close to eight years, just chronicling these things for fun. This is what I do for fun. And so I figured I'd start sharing them because I know a lot of people really like this genre too, but it's such a specific genre that maybe I'm going to push you away. So we're going to start with the most obvious, and that is I Am Legend. You've probably seen I Am Legend, but I'm breaking it down here today and saying that it's one of the top ones on my list simply because, as I find it here... I Am Legend 2007, it gets a last person on earth rating of five, which means it exemplifies the genre, and it gets a general entertainment value of five. So I do both. I give you the overall value in terms of last person on earth or last man on earth. And then I also give you how good was the movie, because some of these movies are really, really good at exemplifying the genre, but they suck, and they're not that worthy of watching. Um, but I'm going to slowly share these things, and you give me feedback, like I said, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and just let me know if you're enjoying them. And maybe you can just add them to a list, you know, if you're looking for stuff like that to watch and you enjoy it. I included some clips from in the open there from Twilight Zone, because Twilight Zone does some really good last person on earth stuff, but... Um, I'll get to that at some point too. We're going to focus on movies for a while. Eventually, maybe we'll switch over to TV. So I Am Legend, and I'm giving you three this time because they're all from the same book, the adaptation of Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. That's a short story book or kind of a novella with some short stories in it that was made in the, I believe, early 50s. Interestingly enough, if you ever read the book I Am Legend by Richard Matheson, um, it's the most faithful adaptation movie-wise is the movie The Last Man on Earth from 1964, I do believe. Let me look it up here. 1964, yep. Um, that's with Vincent Price as the star. Black and white movie, low budget, but sticks the closest to the book. And if you read past I Am Legend in the book, Richard Matheson, I don't know if he has St. Louis roots. He wrote a ton of stuff for Twilight Zone and... Uh, he may have done some Star Trek too. He did some other stuff. I don't know if he did Star Trek, but he writes a whole story that takes place in St. Louis right after the book or after the novella, I Am Legend. And it's a creepy kind of story. He's a creepy writer. He just writes 
like halfway scary stuff, but he's a good enough writer that you don't really, you kind of look past the scary stuff because the plot's so good, which is why I Am Legend has been made three times. Yes, I said three. So I mentioned I Am Legend 2007 with Will Smith. I mentioned the 1964 version with uh, Vincent Price, but there is one more and it actually doesn't get a five star on my list. It gets just a four star. It's The Omega Man with Charlton Heston from 1971. The weird thing about that movie is that it should exemplify the genre. And at the beginning, it kind of does. But it's really, at the beginning of the movie, he's walking around that city by himself. Very iconic, very memorable stuff. It was made in the same same era as Soylent Green and some of those. You know, the good 70s sci-fi. When I say good, I mean in quotes. <laughs> Most really good sci-fi was in the 60s, in my opinion. And then some in the 80s, and then some more recently. Um, but that one, it starts really cool, and it just gets worse and worse and worse as it goes. And there never really is a sense that he's completely alone or the last man on Earth. He walks around that empty city, but pretty quickly, he's shooting at those vampire things all over the place, and it becomes pretty messy. So there's your three. That's a bonus this time, because normally I'm just going to give one, maybe two. I don't know. We'll see. Let me know if you like it. And if you want me to keep going, I'll keep doing this stuff. My boss is probably like, yeah, don't keep doing that. Talk about the stuff you normally talk about. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty interested in this. Thanks for listening to Wiggins America this week. Of course, you can get the podcast at 971talk.com, probably on Monday. You can always rewind if you have the app, too. I highly suggest you get the Odyssey app. There's a lot of stuff you can kind of poke around on there and get into. We've got music stations. We've got podcasts of other random, you know, we've got crime podcasts and stuff on there. It's really kind of an all-encompassing universe of audio, to borrow their phrase. But I'm Ryan Wiggins, and I appreciate you being here for Wiggins America. Next week, a little preview. I do believe we're going to talk to Tracy Beans, very memorable name, just because it's a funny last name. I hope she didn't hear me say that. She is the editor-in-chief at UncoverDC.com, trying to connect with her to really break down What's going on with the audits and where we are now, now that the information's been released? I'm a little bit disappointed with the detail of information. I thought the whole point of the audit was that we would see much more detail than we did. We have official numbers now, which we didn't before. We had the kind of leaked numbers from other hearings, but now we know for sure. But we still don't know things like how many of the fraudulent votes were indeed fraudulent how many of them were accidents how many of them were for trump how many of them were for biden we don't know so we can't really give an accurate count i'm kind of disappointed because i thought that was the point of the audit we'll talk about that probably in the coming week a little bit and also next week here on wiggins america 97.1 fm talk get more at 971talk.com Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.